Welcome to the Swimming with the Sharks podcast where we dive deep into our potential. And I am your host, G.A. Dumas. Shout out to everybody for tuning in today. I really, 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 really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I have a very special uh, episode for you guys today. Um, But before we get into that, shout out to you guys again. You know, we made it through Q1 2021. Um, You know, we had a lot we had to adjust to and acclimate to. Uh, with regards to the country and just just everything, man. So we we've been through a lot. So just pat yourself on the back. We made it through. Q two is looking looking real bright. Looks like things are starting to get better and starting to get closer to normalcy. Um, so continue to do your part to make sure that we keep that trend going and and don't go back as we've seen it before, where we you know thought things started moving forward and then boom, we had to go back to stage one. So. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, very special episode today for a couple of different reasons. Um, reason one, um, it's an actual interview I'm doing with someone. I know that's exciting because I hadn't done one in a while. I haven't done one in a while. You know, I've been super busy and, you know, I like to be intentional about everything that I do. And yeah, so I know you guys are tired of just hearing my voice. You know, I've had people reach out and ask for, you know, longer content and, you know, stuff like that. So, I'm glad I was able to put something out, especially something super, super valuable. Um, reason two, this is a special episode because this is my first video interview. I mean, it's a Zoom, but it's still a video. It's a visual to it. But I've done other video interviews in the past, but they just didn't make it make the cut for you know for technical difficulties. And you know, I'm not gonna just put anything out there just just to do it. I'm very intentional about. You know what I put out there and what I put on the platform and the quality because I care about it. So, yes, uh, super excited. Um, this is a colleague of mine, young cat, Michael Johnson, out of the Bay Area, California, young serial entrepreneur, very, very sharp guy. Um, and yeah, he's just dropping gems, man. He's he's going into how he was able to, you know, build multiple six figure businesses and, uh, you know, doing Toro, which is a luxury rental car app, and also through Airbnb. And I thought this this interview was very timely just because a lot of people, you know, have been curious in, you know, how they can make money in Airbnb and how to get started, how to get involved. And he's really basically dropping a lot of gems, uncovering myths, telling you tricks on how to do it, how to get started, how to really monetize it at the highest level. And what I love about what I love about Michael and his perspective is that he's an expert at it. And he's a guy who, you know, didn't just hop in it because it was a trend and just tried to figure it out. Like, no, he's someone who actually studied the game, um, you know, perfected his craft as best as he could. And he's still working on it. And he so he knows his stuff. He's not just talking. And so I really love that because, you know, you can hear in this interview, he's very passionate about what he does and what he was able to do. And also he's very passionate about giving game away for free. So super, super exciting. If you don't know what Toro is, he's going to go into explaining what that is. Um, so, yeah, you can follow Michael. His information is, you know, is going to be in the description Please like it, share it, subscribe, follow. And if you have any feedback, any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me or to Michael. You know, we're all here to figure this thing out together. So I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. Good to go. Uh, I got a special guest. 
Michael Johnson, Bay Area native, young, young, young serial entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, that's why I got you on the podcast today to, you know, get some get some gems from you. Uh, so first and foremost, man, um, if you could, you know, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your background and and all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, my name is Mike. Um, shoot, I graduated uh, from San Jose State in 2015. Um, shoot, I was actually a kinesiology major. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to get into uh, physical therapy um, when I first started off, um, maybe even athletic training. Um, but, you know, always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So, I mean, I ended up still getting my degree in uh, kinesiology with the emphasis in sports management. But, uh, you know, I just never really ended up using it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, after that, I actually started working for Coca-Cola um, as an account manager. Um, as soon as I graduated, um, was doing that for, for about a year. And then I moved up, started working as a, got promoted within the company, started working in business development. And while I was working for Coca-Cola in 2018, and that's when I started my first business, um, which is, you know, which we'll talk about more, ended up being a small car rental company. I started doing that while I was working a full-time job. And then a couple months after that, started my business um, on Airbnb. And then I've just been doing both of them ever since. Uh, so it's been, been almost three years now. And they've both been doing really well. So, uh, yeah. That's for, a, sure. for sure. That's what's up, man. So what made you, uh, I guess, what made you get into, you know, the Airbnb space? And, you know, how were you able to get into it? And what were the, the steps? And, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, so with the Airbnb space, I start because I actually started doing uh, my car rental business first, like I said, which was on Taro. And um, Taro, it's funny because they were branding themselves because they were they're a newer company. Um, they, they've been around for a while, but they were just starting to kind of get some traction when I started doing it. And they were branding themselves as like basically the Airbnb of cars. Right. And I thought that was an easier, uh, easier uh, kind of platform to get into because, you know, it's um, I always thought the Airbnb, oh, you have to own a house to be able to do this. You have to buy a property and stuff like that. So I kind of started doing that with the intention of like, oh, this is this is kind of like the same thing, but it's just a little bit easier to. It's more, uh, you know, it's more doable. So after I started doing so well with Turo and the car sharing, I was like, man, if the potential is this big with cars, I can only imagine what people doing Airbnb are making and you know their margins. So then I started, uh, I started, you know, just doing a lot of research, a lot of googling. Um, I even took like a, a a quick online course. Um, I used uh, Udemy. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I, yeah, I took I a course on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually a, had a course. I never, I never finished it, but <laughs> I definitely was subscribed <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Hey, shout out to them. Uh, but yeah, I took a, a course on Udemy and uh, on Airbnb, and I was like, man, you know, I guess I don't really necessarily need to own property to be able to do this. So I started off, um, you know, just doing rental arbitrage, which is you know leasing. Uh, you know, leasing from an apartment complex and then re-renting it out, short-term renting it on Airbnb. And uh, yeah, so I started doing that method, um, got my first place. And, you know, after I saw how well it was doing, just started to expand from there. So that's, that's what got me into into doing it. OK, so and that's, uh, let's I guess let's kind of backtrack. I know you you mentioned, you know, your first business was doing the car rentals with Toro. And I personally know what Toro is. I remember, you know, because I remember seeing it in L.A. I was out there and you know how the algorithms work and it popped up on my phone yeah so i i don't know if a lot of people may or may not know about it can you talk to us a little bit about what what that platform is and how it works yeah definitely definitely especially when i first started doing it like nobody knew what Turo was like except for except for the people that were you know renting cars on the platform but 
I told people I was doing it. Nobody, nobody knew what it was. But basically, it's a car sharing platform. Um, you post your car on there, and you know it's it's a large marketplace, and you know people are able to find your car the same way people find apartments or houses on Airbnb, and they're able to rent your car out um, for you know days at a time, weeks at a time, sometimes even months. And um, yeah, so it's just like a rental car company, except you know there's a lot of added perks. You know you're able to pick specific cars that you like. Which uh, you know bodes well for hosts like me who have a niche. You know I have a lot of sports cars on there, so people who are looking specifically for sports cars or convertibles are able to rent my car. And you know rather than going through like an enterprise or something where you know they're not really able to have that much flexibility or you know creativity with the type of car that they want. So is this specifically targeting uh, people who want uh, luxury cars? Is that I was not specifically luxury cars, but car enthusiasts. So just people who enjoy driving different types of cars. I had a guy last week who he rented my Mustang, but he said he usually likes to rent Subarus. Like he's a, just a huge Subaru fan. Subaru's not the most luxurious car. You know, a lot of people use it for like off-roading and, you know, things like that. But that's that's the kind of car he likes. So not necessarily luxury cars, yeah. but just brands that people, you know, people really enjoy. Um, you know, you're able to just find yeah, a lot of different stuff on there. For sure. It's funny because when I see Subarus, the first thing I always think of is that's a substitute teacher car. <laughs> but no, they're really good cars. Though. Like you said, off-road, they get the job done and they, yeah. they hold the value. I mean, and back in the day, I mean, they were considered like sports cars as far as like they were, you know, like need for speed and stuff like that. Yeah. Those are those cars are in the game. I mean, they all pretty much made by the same the yeah. same uh, makers anyway. So, yeah. yeah. So what all type of cars... So people can know how you rolling, man. What type? What all type of cars <laughs> you got on the Toro? Man, I'm like, uh, you know, we. I have like, you know, luxury cars, but I, I like to consider like mid-level luxury cars. I'm not, you know, no Lambos or Ferraris or anything, but I have a a couple uh, 2016 Camaros. One's an SS, uh, you know, the V8s, really nice. And one's a convertible, but it's a 1LT. I have a Porsche Boxster on there. Um, I had a uh, I had a Tesla Model 3 on there for a little while. It's not on there right now. Um, I have a 2016 Mustang on there. Um, we've uh, we had a, a Jag on there because sometimes I'll I'll manage people's cars for them. Like they'll put it on my account and I'll manage it for them and take a fee. So sometimes my cars are interchangeable. I'm actually adding another Porsche uh, another uh, Porsche 718 on there. Um, so yeah, those are the car right now. Right now I only have a I have six on there, but I've had as much as like as much as like ten on there. So that's a for but sure. those are the cars I have right now. The Porsche, got a couple Camaros, a Mustang, oh, and a BMW as well, yeah. Okay. That's what's up, brother. So uh doing some, you know, doing some big things. Uh I like to see that. Um, so talk to me about like what what was really your inspiration behind, you know, obviously getting into these these niches of, of businesses. Yeah, but, like what inspired you to do those specifically? Um, these specific, well, I mean, I'm a, a huge like car guy. Like I, I love cars. So I always wanted to do something within like the car space. And also before my first kind of like real job was uh, working for enterprise. So like I kind of got to see, you know, the way that a rental car company works, how they make their money, their margins and, you know, all like the um, how they upsell people and how they make a lot of money off the miscellaneous stuff, not really the rental. So I kind of like learned the game a little bit. And I always thought like, man, like, if I ever had the chance, like I think I could, I could, I could run my own like rental car business pretty well, not knowing that you know a platform like that existed, which kind of gives you the, you know, gives you the power to 
run like your own small rental fleet without all the risk of actually yeah. having to, you know, do it the same way that these larger co- corporations do. So, yeah, being uh, being a, a big time car fan and a car enthusiast myself and then also working within the space was what really like motivated me to to start that business. And then with Airbnb, I'm very I'm very intrigued with the real estate. Um, I own my own property now that I also use for Airbnb and uh, Airbnb was always for me. It was a way to get into the real estate game without having to actually own a property, um, you know, because, you know, starting off, it was kind of a, like when I didn't know anything about, you know, how to obtain a property or didn't have any experience like that. Nobody really taught me. Uh, I thought it was like a lot of people, I was like, man, like owning a home, especially in California, that's going to be really hard. So I was like, man, what's the way I can, you know, kind of get into this real estate rental game without having to own a property. And it was kind of like the perfect thing for me. So that's what really motivated me to, to do that. And that helped me, you know, it helped me earn a lot of money into, you know, and then eventually being able to own my own property. And now I'm trying to, you know, buy some more this year. So that was my motivation for getting into the uh, Airbnb business. Okay, that makes sense. So two things, man, you said it really stuck out. I'm going to go backwards to the enterprise situation. What I love about that is that, like, man, I always tell people that, like, especially whenever, I guess, whatever job you're in at the time, you know what I mean? Like, just learn as much as you can from it because you never know what yep. skills or what knowledge, you know, you'll be able to take. I'm sure when you were working in enterprise, you didn't think, you know, years from now, you'll be making, you know, money off of doing your own rentals. You know what I mean? But right, it's right. Just, you know, being intentional and being a student and, and yeah. showing up every day, like you just never know, you know, what type of what type of information you'll be able to take from it. And, you know, like I said, I, I believe in just being intentional about everything because then, you know, everything starts to click. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you like you say, you, you realize you're seeing that game and now it's clicking a different way. Then also you said something about the uh, Airbnb. So uh, let me get this straight. So you're saying that in order to do Airbnb, Airbnb, you do not have to own the property. You can just do it strictly uh, by renting. And talk to me about that, because I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't realize that. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, with rental arbitrage, you, all you have to do is, you know, you could lease an apartment the same way you would lease an apartment for yourselves for yourself. And then you could re-rent it on Airbnb. So obviously there's a there's a way to go about doing this, um, you know, without having to, you know, kind of be under the table because you don't want to do it illegally without the permission of your landlord, because then you're risking, you know, getting evicted and things like that. And then having to break your lease then you're stuck paying a, you know, lease break fee and, you know, just all the stuff that comes with that. So there, there, there are methods to do it with with getting permission from your landlord. Obviously, um, you could just ask your ask the landlord for permission to be able to, to rent out his place. Um, you can reach out to homeowners who have houses as well and try to see if you can, you know, rent the houses from them, you know, tell them you you're willing to pay a higher deposit, um, have extra insurance. So that way they feel comfortable about, you know, use, using their houses as an Airbnb. Um, there's also a a corporate lease method to where you're signing your a lease for an apartment c- complex under your LLC's name, which is actually a loophole because once you're a corporate signee of that lease, you have the power to then s- basically technically sublease it to whomever you please legally. That's the so that's really like that's the secret sauce, honestly. That the corporate. <laughs> um, but in order to do that, like you do have to have an LLC, and not all apartment complexes will allow new LLCs to to corporate to uh, sign a lease under their corporate name. Sometimes you have to have a few years on you, you know, have, have to have a little business credit before you're actually able to do that. But that's the that's honestly the best method, because then you could pretty much rent, you know, out any apartment, you know, that you feel is is going to make you money. 
um, and you can do it legally. So. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you're scanning to figure out, well, first of all, where where all I know we talked about it before. Uh, you have quite a quite a few Airbnb properties. Where exactly are these properties located? So mo- mainly the Bay Area, San Jose, Hayward, and then Stockton, which is a little outside the Bay Area. And then um and then I have uh I have one in Orlando as well, uh, right next to Disney World. Okay, so how do you choose? What goes into that uh, decision making process when you're choosing what areas to to have a property at? Yeah, so for me, like, I mean, the the biggest thing is all you always want the best margin, you know. So first thing you look at is, uh, or I wouldn't say the first thing. The first thing you want to look at is location because you don't want to you don't want a place in a bad area because nobody's gonna want to rent your place if it's in, you know, an unsafe area. So mm-hmm. you look at the location. Um, you know, I look at uh, then I go on um. AirDNA is uh, pretty much the, I would say, the best tool to use to, to get the actual analytics of mm-hmm. how well that place does. Um, Airbnb, AirDNA has, you know, analytics on, you know, every, pretty much every, every, every Airbnb listing that's, that's out there. So it is, it is expensive to have a subscri- subscription to AirDNA, but it's worth it when you're really, you know, when you're really trying to figure out what's the best place to use. So that's a, a great tool. Um, then yeah, you want to definitely want to look at how much you know you're going to be paying per month on that uh, on that rental. So even though a place like Silicon Valley, like I said, I have a place in San Jose, which is actually um, it has a really it's it has a really good rental uh, monthly rental price uh, compared to it's compared to the area. But even though Silicon Valley is a great place, great location, sometimes the margins aren't good enough because because the rent is so high there. So like average average um, Airbnb. I would say, and this is average. A lot of my places do better, but average that you're going to make is around three thousand a month, and the average monthly rent in Silicon Valley is around twenty five hundred dollars a month. So then you factor in, you know, utilities that you have to pay for. You factor, you know, PG&E everything. You factor in the money that you're paying your cleaner every month, and you're not really making a lot of money. Um, so that's why, you know, the the actual um, monthly rental price uh, is 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 huge. So. You want to make sure you're not paying too much uh, every month so that way your your margins are going to be really good so those are the biggest things that i look at when i'm um, looking to uh to start a, to start a new airbnb for sure for sure man one of the one of the things i really like about just kind of your, your entrepreneurial journey is that you've done all of this still while maintaining you know um, assuming a pretty solid you know uh full-time job and i think that you know now in the in the era that we're in you know, technology has allowed us to to really be able to work a solid job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Make good money doing that, maybe good benefits and still also, you know, run your side businesses. And I guess the biggest thing is time management. So, yeah. I mean, has that been tough for you? Like, talk to us about, you know, some of the struggles and hurdles you had to overcome while trying to manage that all while working. Yeah, I mean, definitely I did, especially as the both businesses started to grow like it, uh, it definitely like started to cut into a lot of my time. Um, you know, I actually uh, after in 2019, uh, I quit my full time job at Coca-Cola. Um, a lot of it had to do with, you know, the management change and not, you know, not being, uh, you know, the quality of work started to kind of deteriorate. But it ended up being a blessing because it gave me a chance to focus on my businesses full time. So for almost the last two years, I was, you know, just on my businesses full time as a full time entrepreneur. So 
that did give me a lot of uh gave me a lot of time to to focus on these businesses and kind of get them to the point where now that I'm jumping back into a full-time job again where they're managed, you know, mostly they're they're pretty much able to to be managed without me having to be there, you know. Every now and then I you know I have to do some stuff on my phone, respond to some guests, you know, little, little things here and there, but it's I'm at the point where I don't have to be there full-time, but when I was, you know, in that space running both businesses working full-time yeah there were a lot of uh like you said there were a lot of hurdles you know being pulled in all these different directions you know starting off as a new entrepreneur not really knowing what goes into running a business i think the a really big thing for new entrepreneurs is figuring out when you need to hire people and have people do things for you for example with my airbnb business i wanted to save money so i was when i first started i was cleaning i was doing all the cleanings by myself which was, you know, which, as you can imagine, is really tough. Like, uh, but, you know, I didn't want to pay clean. I didn't want to have to pay cleaning fee. But and that that's, you know, as you know, I've grown as an entrepreneur. I see how naive that thinking was back then, because, you know, the now that I have cleaners doing everything for me, it takes it gives me a lot more time to put into actually making money, actually doing research on new properties, being able to, you know, scale and and look look into new markets and and actually ha- getting new Airbnbs to where when I first started off all my time is going into it takes a lot it takes a lot of time to go to clean an Airbnb you know especially while uh, you know trying to balance you know my car rental business to where I'm which I was also doing on my own you know doing deliveries <laughs> having to drive my car to different airports and things working a full time so it was it, it was a lot but uh, I think that's a really big thing for entrepreneurs is figuring out where where to you know, time is money. And a lot of time, time is, at least to me, time is more, even more important than money because it, it's going to give you, it's going to um, allow you more freedom and it's going to allow you to grow your businesses more. So that was a big hurdle that I had to overcome, realizing when to, when to start to delegate and outsource things rather than doing everything on my own. For sure. And I, man, I always say, man, time is the only luxury. And yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have to be selfish with your time. You have to respect your time because you can get money back. You can get things back, but you can never get your time back. And right. I think that once people really start to to really, I guess, hold that as a precious jewel that it is and respect it for what yeah. it is, you know, we'll be more productive. So I guess anybody who's listening, you know, maybe aspiring entrepreneur and, you know, they're in that in that cross that cross. Uh, you know what I mean? That, that crossroad of. You know, I want to I want to be an entrepreneur, but I, I got a job and I don't know if I want to I quit and do it full time. So yeah. what's I mean, I know that everybody's situation is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody's overhead is different. So what's your what's your advice to somebody that's trying to figure out? Because a lot of times people will procrastinate and put off their side hustle or their their dream business because they're trying to figure out. Can they jump all the way in? Yeah. Can I jump in half. I mean, what's your take on that? My. My take is to is to do what what works best for you. I feel like this era and, and I feel like the media a lot makes you feel like you have to be completely on one side or the other. And I feel like I struggled with that kind of like when I first like quit my job, I was all I was all about like, yeah, you know, I want to be a full time entrepreneur. Like I'm not an executive like I, I like I, it's either you're in or you're out, you know, especially because I listen to like a lot of Gary Vee content and people like that. And it's like. They make you think like, oh, if you're working a full time job and I watch Shark Tank a lot, too. That's my that's like my favorite show. And they'll tell you, like, you know, if you're not working full, if you're working a full time job, you're not fully invested in your business. But I don't think that I honestly don't think that's true. I think, you know, that's kind of what they try to put in your head. You can if you can manage to do both and it's the best for your situation, then that's what you got to do. If you're at the point where you feel like you can't 
you're um you've you know you've pretty much reached your capacity you can't grow your business anymore because you're working a full-time job it's just taking too much on your mental some people can't do it some people some people cannot work work nine ten hours a day and go home and be productive they just can't they do that they go home they watch netflix they go to sleep that's not me i you know i could work a full-time job for 10 hours i can go home and work out and then spend another four hours on my business and go to sleep at one and what i am but that's because i have that that's just in me everybody can't do that if you can't do that then yeah you might have to quit your job to to focus on your dream um or vice versa but if you have the if you have the capacity to do both and it works for you and you're going to use the money that you're making from your full-time job to keep putting into your business or you don't want to touch the money that you're making from your business because you want to keep scaling your business and you want to separate your personal income from your job income i mean from your business income then you know that that might be the best for you too but everybody has a different situation but don't just my advice is just don't let don't let other people tell you what's the best for you don't feel like you have to don't feel like you have to quit your job because other people are saying that you're not going to grow without it. So that's, sure. that's my best advice for it. That, that's dope, bro. I love that. So you mentioned, you brought up the word mental. Um, and I'm, I'm huge on, you know, I guess routine and just doing certain things to get my, my head space where it needs to be to be productive. What's some, some of the, some of the things that you do to, to keep your head on track or just some things you do for mental I guess for for self-care, just to get you in that grind, because you got a lot on your plate. So for you to be able to get up and do that every day, you know what I'm saying? What do you have? What do you do to uh, prep yourself? Man, I mean, I um shoot to prep myself. I mean, I, I meditate um, not as often as I should or not as often what I, as I want to. But I definitely meditate. Um, I, I work out a lot. So a lot of times being able to run, uh, go for early morning runs. Uh, it's able to help me clear my head, get me ready for the day. Um, and uh, a big thing for me that I um, that I notice that I do a lot more than other people um, is like positive self-talk. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot, I notice a lot of people are, you know, they're really down on themselves. They're really negative, um, you know, and a lot of self-pity. Like that's just not, that, and that's just not what I do. I, you know, I, I kind of every every day I get up when I, you know, I look in the mirror and I'll just, I just hype myself up and kind of yeah. just, you know, tell myself that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm made for this, you know. Yeah, um, for I, don't sure. really, I don't really let a, a lot of things get me down. Um, or and if stuff does get, I mean, I'm human. If stuff does get me down, I, it, I'm able to snap out of it really quick. You know, I'm, I'm able to stop, stop negative thoughts really fast. You know. As soon as I could feel myself starting to be negative about, my, uh, negative about myself or feeling like, ah, oh, this is too much, it's too much on my plate, I can't do it. It's really easy for me to switch gears and be like, nah, like that's that's not who you are. Like, yeah. you know, so sure. uh, positive, positive self-talk is like really important for me. Positive self-talk is really important in the mornings, is in, in the mornings, in the yeah. mornings is where for me it's is when morning, like, bro. yeah, that, that's one of the things that are hardest, like when you just waking up and it's like knowing all the stuff you got ahead of you and if you focus on everything you got ahead of you it's just like dang i got all this stuff to do today like do i really do i really want to do this it's really but that's the i feel like that's the best time to just be like yeah that's when you really got to just get yourself going right um, yeah they say if you uh if you win the morning you win the day and uh, i'm actually listening to so i kind of I, I read a lot and I'm sure you do too. So, I'll, but also I do I do a physical book and also do a, a audio book. Right now I'm listening to uh, the Miracle Morning, and uh, it, it says how what you do in the first hour of your day will determine 
how productive your day will be. And that's it's so true. And <laughs> even if that's because I know for me, man, I, I'm I'm up in I'm up early as of, you know, 530. I'm up. Go work out. But one thing I've been doing over the last probably couple of years that's super important that I've read is that one thing that you should do every day, every morning. And I know it's a simple task, but make your bed up. Some people um, yeah, I've heard that. Me, it's, it's something simple, but that's the first thing that you it's the first task you complete. And yeah. I think that literally it sets you up to just, you know what I mean? Something as simple as that. And yeah, man, like you said, it's positive self-talk. People will be surprised on how how simple it is. The simple, small things can really propel you. And, you know, like you said, having those self-talks. Uh, one thing I'm reading in this book, uh, Blink, is that our mind and our body is connected a lot more than we think it is. And right. just something as small as t- talking yourself through whatever it is can really turn that switch on for your body to just do what it needed to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that, that's super important, man. I, I love that, bro. I'm, so speaking of books, I mean, are you, uh, what are you reading right now? What's, what's, I, I, I tell you what, what's your, give me two, two of your favorite books that you recommend everybody or anybody to read. For sure. I mean, my favorite book, or I, I, I wouldn't say my favorite, but the book that got me started on my entrepreneurial journey, and anybody who knows me knows what I'm gonna say because I always talk about it, is, is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> that's, that's what got me. That's what got me yeah, started. That, that really put me in this mindset. Yeah, um, The next book that I really like, uh, I really, really love uh, the Four Hour Work Week um, by Tim Ferriss, just because it just it opens up your perspective so much, especially because I, I absolutely love traveling. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd be some I'd have been to so many more places this yeah. past year. But it just shows you it really opens your eyes of how much basically just just how different it is to like live in other places, how much cheaper it is to live in other places, how you can yeah. really if you really wanted to travel the world and be an entrepreneur, you really don't have to make a lot of money <laughs> because yeah. everywhere else is just so, so much, uh, so much. The cost of living is so much cheaper. Um, it just it makes things seem so much more realistic for people who actually do want to just leave their jobs and go travel. Like it's very it's very possible. You could do that on like a couple thousand dollars a month. You can live pretty much any country you want to. Like it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So that, that's why I really like that book. Um, and it really just like I've been here. I've, I've heard about it for years. I'm gonna put it in my notes right now. Yeah, because I, I, I follow a lot of people who are big Tim Ferriss fans. And I still haven't read that book, but <laughs> definitely check that one out. Um, yeah. And then uh, another one that I really liked was uh, The Hundred Dollar Startup. I really like that book because it, it shows you uh, it's by Chris Guillebeau. Um It's it's basically a book of uh, it's a bunch of different case studies of people who started these who um, created these startups with, you know, either zero dollars to one hundred dollars, basically, mm-hmm. and just how they were able to scale businesses um with no money because you know a really big misconception is that you know you need money it takes money to make money which is not i mean which you know it could it could definitely be a plus a lot of times but it's not it's not necessarily true so um the hundred dollar startup is a book that i really really like um a book i'm reading right now though is a uh, and it's i'm actually rereading it because i liked it so much and i was kind of in a position where um i'm sure you get to these these points too where it's like ah there's a bunch of books that i want to read but like I kind of just want to uh, I want to read something that I know I really enjoyed. Yeah, so, because a lot of times like I'll read new books and it's like, man, like the knowledge about like, you know, I'm gaining so much knowledge. 
like I'm learning a lot, but it's like, man, like I, I kind of want to read a, a book that like I just really I, I really had fun reading. You know what I'm saying? Kind of sure. like with movies like you th- there's movies you yeah. watch that, you know, it's like oh, it's, it's an amazing movie, but I'm not really in the mood to watch it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'd rather watch some fun, some light. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I'm rereading The Power of Broke by Damon John. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Shark Tank. Yep. Yeah. I re- I really enjoyed that book the first the first go around, and it's dope because all my books I do audio. Um. I I I try to do physical copies, but I really it's really tough tough for me. And uh, yeah. the audio is like it's Damon John, but then it's also um most of the book is read by Sway, which is really cool because oh, wow. I'm a Sway That's fan. Tight. Yeah. So it's How, a, Sway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a dope listen because Sway's a dope. Uh. You know he has that dope iconic voice, so it's cool. Yeah. That's what's up, brother. I like that a lot, man. I uh, that's what's up. I, I like I said, I gotta check out four hour work week. Um, yeah, man. So I know one of the things that you know we're gonna wrap up here shortly, but uh, one of the things that I I felt like I connected with you from the jump when we were in our training was that um, you know, you said something about how passionate you are about financial literacy because that's just something that you know our community, you know what I'm saying. That wasn't something that we were taught. So yeah. Um, you know, obviously you're on a quest for financial freedom and, and really creating your own destiny. What what's next for you? As far as your businesses and you know, obviously getting to a level of super financial freedom. What what what's next? And what do you see yourself doing in the next five years is gonna basically contribute to helping people that come from where you come from see what financial literacy is? For sure. Um for me. That in the next five years, what's next for me in my businesses um, is just thinking bigger and really getting into a, you know, just that's that's the main thing I want to do is just think big and, and grow big. I mean, both of my businesses are, are both doing uh, over six figures a year. They both they have been for the last two years. And but what I really want to focus on is uh, is what I'm doing with Airbnb, what I'm doing with real estate. And I kind of go hand in hand because I'm trying to purchase more properties. I want to I want to buy two more properties this year. I want to list both of them on Airbnb. So that's kind of where the focus of what I want to do is. I really feel like my passion really does lie in real estate. Um, I have a really you know, I, f- I think I'm really, really good at it. And I think I can do a lot of things in that industry. Um, so that's where I, in five years I see myself owning at least 10 properties, uh, hopefully more. I see them all being listed on Airbnb and I see see myself making over. Uh, you know, having making over a million dollars per year um, with my with my rental properties um, in terms of financial literacy. Uh, I want to be able to I want to be able to to teach uh, finance financial literacy to my community. Um, and I want to be able to do that for free, um, you know, without, you know, without charging people anything, you know. So hopefully within the next five years, I want to just amass uh, a com- build a community of, of people who I can, you know, give back my knowledge to, who can see what I'm doing, um, see my success, and hopefully, you know, help help those people in in any way I can, you know, uh, yeah, just grow within themselves. I want to be able to help people start businesses, um, invest, and uh, yeah, just everything to help others create financial freedom the way that I'm trying to do for myself. Um, so, for yeah, sure. for sure, brother. And last question, man. And this is actually a new one. So you're the first guest that, that I asked this question to. Uh, what does swimming with the sharks mean to you? Swimming with the sharks? Oh, man. <laughs> swimming with the sharks. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, man, I feel like swimming with the sharks means, you know, 
throwing yourself, uh, basically throwing yourself into into you know an uncomfortable position um, amongst others that are you know others that you know can be really relentless. Uh, you know, and when I say others, I kind of I kind of just mean this whole world in general. Um, kind of throwing yourself in, into into something, taking a taking a big jump, um, and you know, just being able to being able to other than I mean, rather than being fearful, uh, being able to, you know, swim with the sharks and, you know, hopefully becoming the alpha, you know, and I can't even swim, but, you know, <laughs> I'm hoping I could throw myself in you there swim, and still bro. keep up. <laughs> you swim, bro. Hey, man, well, Mike, man, I appreciate you. Um, I'll, you know, I'll drop the tag underneath the video where people can follow you and keep up with you. So, brother, I appreciate you. Yeah, of course, man. Definitely. Definitely. Had a great time. Thank you. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed our talk and enjoyed and appreciated uh, Michael for, you know, dropping gems. And I hope if you guys have any questions or something you wasn't sure about and you'd like to know a little bit more about. Don't hesitate to reach out to Michael. Don't hesitate to reach out to me and I can set it up. Um, if you guys, you know, have an idea, you'd like to partner up with him on it. He's open to it. Um, so. Man, let's let's figure this thing out together. And like I said, I appreciate you guys for taking the time and listening. Time is everything. Time is the most valuable thing we have. So I appreciate you for taking time out your life to tap in respectfully. And you know how we do it. Let's keep it going. And I will see you at the top.